When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Steelers Draft Talk. I'm your host, Steelers DB. With me is my good buddy, Nick Martin. Uh, big episode today. We're going to be bringing down offensive linemen. We're going to go through our top five tackles, our top five interior offensive linemen in the 2023 NFL Draft class. Just uh, before we get started, please make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. Nick, how we doing, brother? Oh, man, we're in the final home stretch of this uh of the draft process, man. So we're getting those last few personal workouts of guys who haven't been able to work out. And, you know, I'm really excited to talk offensive line. It's definitely one of my weaker positions, but it's always one I, I always like to talk about and gain some pr- perspective on for sure. Yeah, for sure. That this is all, this has been like a gradual learning process for me um, over the years, trying to learn like offensive line play, um feel like i'm getting better but yeah like you said it's just a it's a process for sure um yeah overall pretty solid offensive line class i don't i think the tackles um the tackles are fine i do think it's a step down from last year's class uh the interior offensive lineman has a lot of guys who i would classify as like solid starters uh but maybe um only one guy that i would say you know is going to be a really high impact or you know pro bowl caliber player but overall it was an interesting class of study uh definitely a couple personal favorites of mine just in terms of uh tape uh, but without further ado let's let's get into it so we're going to start off with tackles um you got any honorable mentions that you want to go through? I mean, uh, I know we're trying to press in two position groups today, so I don't know if you want to start with number five or if you want to throw a shout out to anybody. You can go ahead and do that. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave this as a as a spoiler warning. Uh, there's the, my my top rated uh, tackle is also my top rated guard and my top rated center, so uh, it's a little so it's a little bit more it's a bit less of an honorable mention. So I I'd like to talk about um, my number six offensive tackle, which is Dewan Jones. Just absolutely ridiculous wingspan, like just a mammoth, absolute like just ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous wingspan, ridiculous size almost a little bit too much size he's a little bit uh he has some issues bending a little bit at the at the at the waist and like you know there are definitely issues he has with picking up stunts and loops but there but when he gets his hands on you oh it's over he will absolutely control the line of scrimmage he has really good hand strikes and even when guys get into his chest he somehow finds a way to like keep them off of him like he can still win the leverage battle which is crazy with a guy that like because i think that has to do a lot with his wingspan you know we talking about like 99th percentile 100 percentile as far as i'm concerned because he's mm-hmm. one of a kind and uh yeah i think he's uh one of those guys that is polarizing for many uh definitely someone i expect to like be a really solid right tackle in the league though okay 
Yeah, I, Jones is number five for me. So I'm, I'm gonna let you talk about your number five before I get into Jones. Mm, understandable. Uh, number five for me is uh, Broderick is uh, Broderick Jones from uh, okay. Georgia. I had some very mixed feelings on him. Uh, he plays with a little bit of a wide base, which is not as bad as playing from a narrow base, but he has really raw with his hands. Like he doesn't quite know what he's doing. He's an unbelievable mover, especially when you pull him out in space, like good freaking Lord. And he's got just really strong hands. Like he, he jolts guys on contact. I, I love the video of uh, him at the combine where he's just like absolutely throwing like Steelers assistant out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like it really demonstrates just how much power he has in those hands. But He's one of those tackles that you you're probably going to have him higher if you have a great offensive staff to be able to develop him. And I haven't really heard much about who he's working with this throughout this draft process. It's a little bit difficult with these types of guys as a result. There, uh, the upside is immense. The floor is a lot lower than people think. And for that reason, I just have him a little bit lower. He's definitely on the fringe though. Um, definitely a guy that i understand the hype but he has a trap door to his, to, to his floor and that's that's always scary yeah yeah for sure uh i put jones a little bit higher so i'll get to him a little bit later but we do view him uh pretty similar i know we've had a lot of conversations with him off off kind of the pod but yeah. uh, my number five guy is dewan jones um you already hit hit kind of the nail on the head with a lot of this stuff but you know six foot eight 370 pounds 36 plus inch arms. I mean, just a mountain of a man. Uh, very unique size and length, really unlike uh, pretty much everybody in the league. I mean, there are a couple like bigger tackles, but he, he even, you know, kind of surpasses them. The length uh, to basically just engulf pass rushers with ease is really, uh, really outstanding. Um, he kind of weaponizes those to kind of makes make up for some of his range deficiencies to easily guide guys up the arc um, on speed rushes. I do think he has a really aggressive temperament. I like the way he finishes plays. Um, the number one thing I think I like about his game is the grip strength. His grip strength is excellent. Like when he gets his hands on you, you you're done. The play it's is over. over. <laughs> Rep is over. So um, in terms of that, that grip strength and the length are potential trump cards for him as a player. Um, he's surprisingly pretty awesome uh, on the perimeter, even though he's not that great of an athlete. Um, he does like they when they would pull him or get him out on the perimeter. Uh, he targets guys in space pretty well. And like, you know, he's a finisher. So if he gets his hands on you, it's probably over. Um, in terms of weaknesses, um, just an overall lack of range with his foot speed. Um, I think the change of direction limitations are definitely notable. I think that um, he didn't really see a lot of this in college, but I think like uh, NFL pass rushers are going to be able to set him up uh, with inside counters uh, to where they can kind of ch- take advantage of uh, his change of direction limitations. Um, I agree, like picking up st- stunts and games was a notable issue for him on the right side of that line. Um, and then just depends, like not a weakness necessarily for me and how I'm grading him, but he may be um, scheme dependent or like position dependent where I think he may just be a right tackle and not a left tackle. If What's that matters on his you- weight? Yeah, um, 370 pounds, you don't see a lot of guys play that weight. Um, and I just think, like, in general, like I said, with the with guys that can potentially exploit that range or change of direction ability, he may be a little bit match-up dependent at the next level. So um, 
you know, I, I, there's stuff to like. And like I said, I think that there are potential Trump cards there. And I'm very interested to see if like his brand of football translates very well. Cause like, like we said, we really don't have a ton of guys with his type of profile um, to really go off of. So um, I'll kind of get kinda into matchup dependent, honestly, yeah. if you think about it. Agree. Agree. Um, I'll kind of get into my number four guy kind of as we speed through this. Um, Anton Harrison, this guy to me was uh, I gave him a late first round grade. I, I really like Harrison a good amount um, going back and forth between him and my number three player was honestly like probably one of the more difficult decisions I had to do here. Um, Harrison, 6'4", 315 pounds, 34 inch arm. So checks kind of the boxes there. Um, I think he plays with a good base, uh, play strength overall. I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, smooth footwork out of his stance. He operates really well inside, outside. Um, I thought hand usage and placement uh, was pretty solid as a pass protector. He's a pretty good athlete, I think, to climb to the second level on gap and uh, zone runs um, inside that Oklahoma offense. Um, in terms of negatives for him, I just don't think he, I mean, there's just not really that many reps against like wide nine rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a question mark or like true drop back pass sets. You know, he's, he's a real, um, like he's a, he likes to jump set. So he, he can play a little top heavy, um, a little too tall at times, but yeah. you know, he's only 21 years old. So like, this is another guy, like we talked about with Jones and I'll talk about him a little bit later, but, um, very much still in the process of growing into his body, growing into his frame. Um, And I think Harrison offers like a higher ceiling than I think people are right now giving him credit for. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on Harrison. I really, really like him as a player. I seem to be a little bit, a little bit higher on him than the consensus. If you're a little bit higher, I am definitely much higher than consensus on him because yeah. uh, he's not even my next rated player. Um, my number four, uh, my number uh, four offensive tackle is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Okay, really, really like his game. I think he's. I think he. I think the fact that we overthought his athleticism to a point was just really funny to think about because. I watch him out of his sets and he is just so explosive. There are instances sometimes where he like he like almost kicks up on his inside foot like twice and he's, mm-hmm. he he just like absolutely explodes out of that stance like it's actually insane what he can do. And then you talk about like his anger and his power like he stoned Will Anderson who really relies on speed to power in that bull rush. Definitely something that like was really he, he has a really good tape against Ojolari. Like Wright has really good tape against some of the best pass rushers in the SEC. He's big. He's athletic. He might not be as long as most tackles, but he require. But he he fits the uh, minimum threshold overall. Like mm-hmm. overall, with me, I just really like Darnell Wright. I think he's going to be really good on the move. Um, a little bit of questions about his projection of whether or not he can play on the left side. Uh, based off his tape um, from pr- prior years, he was a lot better on the right. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, in terms of things I thought he could get better at, I thought he had a tendency to reach like a little bit and his lower body would like almost lag behind and cause it was mostly in the run game. Like guys would kind of like swim over him as a result. 
And when you see that, you know, you, th those are things you can definitely fix, but it's definitely, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a teaching process. In terms of pass protection, though, he's rock solid. He had a, he had a good week at the Senior Bowl. He got a little, like, aggressive with his um, – he takes the fight to, to guys a lot of time, and he tried to change up his technique a little bit at the Senior Bowl, which is why he struggled a little bit, but you saw him really improve towards the end of the Senior Bowl. Overall, really like right. I have a first round grade on him. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, no, everybody was freaking out because I think what was it? Uh, wasn't it Will McDonald hitting with that spin move at the yeah. Super Bowl? And everybody was like, "Oh my God, here, this is what's going to happen this week." And it felt like after that first day, it was like, "Oh yeah, never mind." He's kind of just settled in a little bit. So I like right. Um, I'm I'm higher I'm higher on him than than you are. I, he's one of my absolute favorite players in the class. So I'll, I'll talk about him here in a little bit. Um. My number three tackle is Broderick Jones. So you hit the nail on the head with a lot of this stuff, but 6'5", 311 pounds, 34-inch arms, um, an absolutely absurd athlete. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really – I mean, if you're, like, constructing a tackle, he would look like Broderick Jones, um, I think. Maybe just, like, with a tad more length, but that's just being greedy. Um uh, he's an absurd athlete, like I said, on the on on the run in space as a run blocker. Targeting system really impressive. Anything that you want to do in the run game with him, uh, you know, base blocks, down blocks, combos, double teams, get to the second level, pulling, whatever you want to do, like you can do it with this dude. Um, he's scheme versatile. Um, you know, can operate on zone running plays, gap running plays. Uh, his hands pack a pop. Uh, I thought that he has some notable, you know, kind of pop in his hands that I that I really liked. Plays a good contact balance. Uh, can re easily redirect force upwards with his hands. Um, I do think that he is a little bit more of a project than people are kind of selling right now. Um, just major issues with his hand carriage. Like you will see him t at times, like almost carry his hands, like below his knees uh, to like almost his ankles and uh, his pass sets. I think his timing and his placement with his hands and pass pro is also a little bit of a mess. Um, I'm a big matchup guy. So like, as you can tell, like throughout the course of the pod, I bring up matchups because that's like what I look for. I just think it's an easy way to judge how guys are going to translate to the next level. Um, I watched B. Joe Jolari take it to him um, in a span of like five, like four or five plays. He generated three pressures and I felt like Georgia had to kind of adjust to um, – you know, hide him a little bit over there in pass pro. Isaiah, Isaiah McGuire, McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McGuire uh, kind of got into his chest a little bit as well with that speed to power. So I think with Jones, like all of the tools are there, you know, he's athletic, he's got the length, you know, you see the flashes. Um, I already think he's a pretty ready-made run blocker. I just think in pass pro, he's going to need time. He's a guy that I think is going, if you, if you put him out there day one, which, you know, it seems like he's being mocked as like a top 15 pick. So guys that are top 15 picks, even at tackle, are probably going to get put out there day one, even if they're not ready. Um, but he's going to need time. I think he's a guy that might be a year away from being a year away in terms of developing into a really good tackle. But having said that, and this is the reason why, like one of the reasons why I still have a first round grade on him, even though I didn't love his tape as much as other people, he's only 20 years old. So yeah. like, the upside with him is sufficient. Like, I think, you know, it's notable. And I think that there's a, like a really good chance that like, if he hits his ceiling, like you're looking at an elite tackle, like, and I, I know that that's, you know, ifs or whatever, but 
you know, I think that, you know, if he can get there, you give him, like you said, a good offensive line coach, you know, with that thick lower half, you know, the punch and pass protection. I think that, you know, you got a lot of good things to work with. Um, I think he's a guy that you like your offensive line coach is definitely going to want to get his hands on because he's this like moldable ball of clay that just has like really technical flaws that he needs to work on. Um, but the upside is tremendous. I just, I would just caution uh, people to be patient with him. So, yeah, completely agree on the patience. Like for, for me, we talk a lot about quarterback landing spot, offensive tackle landing spot. Like it matters almost just as much. Like we saw like what, what can happen, like with a guy like Mike Munchak back in the day and how he could just mold these guys into just absolute starters. Like Broderick Jones is that guy that, landing spot is so crucial for me if i have a top offensive line staff i'm going to have them higher on my board than pretty much anyone else yeah and that's where i get to my number three offensive tackle i i am higher on anton harrison than a lot of people i think for me he offers ceiling to go with his floor because we talk about him as is ready made with his hand usage like i watched him against felix and udk uzama I think that's how I say oh, yeah. it. That was yeah. an awesome matchup. Yeah, no, that that tape was impressive because Felix and Atiki Uzama, like every time, like he, like he was trying something new because he was getting so frustrated. <laughs> like you could see him just like try to try to set him up with a spin, and then he just Anton Harrison was having none of it. He tried to cross chop, and he got absolutely snatched and trapped. <laughs> like just. There's just some crazy moments with Anton Harrison in terms of just like his hands because he's he he just doesn't look fun to go up against at all. And I just I think it's really fun to watch a guy like that. And when you see him on the move, like, you know, he can pull out in space. He's a really great athlete. He's, you know, like you said, he's 21 years old. And I think one of the weirdest like things I've heard about him in terms of a weakness is play strength in and like anchor and i'm just like i don't see this at all he never yeah. he never gets pushed back on contact like he, he's just so strong and i think that maybe stemmed from like earlier seasons because he's been starting for a long while at oklahoma yeah, lots of experience for him yeah and you know like you said a lot of rpos so he did not face a lot of um he did not play from a lot of true pass sets if you go to PFF, obviously you'll find different numbers than that, but we completely—I completely disagree with the numbers presented. And you talk about like the wine-dyed edge rushers. Will mm-hmm. McDonald's playing from a four-eye. <laughs> yeah, it's just different. It's a different. There's just a lot of different defenses yeah. that he faced, man. Yeah, uh, but I think he—I think the thing that separates Anton Harrison is just he gets—he's a little tall in his in his in his pad level. Like he doesn't bend as much, but. I think he's just really solid as a pass protector and he just has so many answers with his hands in terms of what pass rushers throw at him. And that's why I just, I just think he's both a solid floor player and a solid ceiling player. Yep. Yeah. I really like Harrison as well. The, the top four offensive tackles for me all have round one grades. So I'm, I'm comfortable taking all those guys um in round one Harrison you know he's a really good player man like I said I think people are honestly sleeping a little bit on his upside like some of the critiques for his game I just I just don't see him so he's definitely a guy that I think we both view um in higher regard than the consensus um just to get into my number two tackle um it is Darnell Wright from Tennessee um 6'6 335 pounds um only average kind of tackle length which is surprising because like when you watch him play it's like never an issue 
because uh, he, you know, does take the fight to guys. Um, experience playing both tackle spots. I think he's got like 2,700 snaps over the course of his career against SEC competition. Uh, Physicality is the calling card kind of for him. Um, hand placement's good. Overall refinement um, in pass pro is excellent. Um, he loves the snatch trap move. Um, really high IQ, high film study guy. You can just tell, you know, he really does a good job of, um, you know, taking away what edge rushers are kind of best at. I've listened to him talk uh, with Brandon Thorne about kind of how, and he talked with me about this at the combine too, how he categorizes rushers into different categories. So like he has his speed guys, his power guys, and then he has his kind of like what he calls, I think his technique guys. So your move uh, versatility guys. Um, I really think that, you know, over the course of his senior year, he just got so much better, man. And I think he's got a surprising ability to mirror and recover for a guy his size. A lot of times you get these bigger tackles. Uh, they just don't have that recovery ability, which you really need at the next level. Because, you know, reps aren't always – I talk about this with corners a lot. Reps don't always go your way, like, early in the rep. You got to be able to recover, like, when a guy beats you, when he gets a step or when he crosses you up a little bit. Um, you know, he's a bulldozer in the run game, combo blocks, excellent finisher. Absolutely love his temperament and demeanor. Um, in terms of negatives, man, like, it took him a while to kind of, like, break out and put it all together. Um, but – you know, that, that's not that's just something, you know, he's a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, I think his range as a run blocker somewhat limited by his foot speed. I thought that was his foot speed was more of a, I guess, issue per se um, in the run game than it was as a pass protector. I would like to see him establish first contact a little bit more. And some of this might be just relative to his overall just kind of average length. But he he's a little bit of a catcher sometimes. And I think that's what you were talking about. Like guys will like kind of swim over him. Sometimes he lets guys get into his frame and he'll like catch guys before refitting his hands. Um, I would like to see him kind of just establish first contact a little bit more instead of letting guys into him. Um, but overall, like this is a round one player all day long. I, I originally think like when I watched his tape and filed his report, like back in like December or January, one of December, I think. Um, I put an early second round grade and it was like everybody was having him like late day two. And then like as over the course of time, like I watched uh, like more and more tape, more of these pass rushers go up against him. And I'm like, dude, I got to bump this dude up. Like he's way too good uh, to have this second round grade still. So um, I like him. He's a, he's a good enough athlete, like left tackle, right tackle, however you want to play him. I don't care. I want Darnell right on my team. This is definitely one of my guys in this class. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I really like Darnell Wright overall. Like, there's, there's not a lot of things for me overall to pick apart with his game, other than the fact that you know you talked about like the he's a little bit more of a catcher, but you know we're we we feel very similarly on him. We just have a little bit different like ranking overall, yeah. of, like how we value him, and I think that's what's fun about the draft process. You know, we get to talk about similar things but we might not have the same exact sure. like you know overall rankings i think it's really cool um i'm not going to talk about my number one uh right now i'm going to save that for the interior but number two offensive tackle is paris johnson from ohio state when you talk about the f- mix of athleticism length and just pure ability like there is no offensive tackle who matches just what he can do he's really athletic on the move he can he pass protects extremely well he's he can get a lot of movement in the run game 
I think for me, the biggest thing I just want to see improve with him, he's a bit of a two-hand puncher. And yep. it, it causes him to lean. Like, he just gets caught like out of position a good bit. It happened a lot. It happened a good bit against Georgia. I wanted to say a lot. Um, which is where I think he actually gave up his first sack of the season. It's that spin and, move from that freshman, right? Yeah, uh, I think that was, it was a nice number, move. Yeah, it was yeah, it was number thirteen. I, that guy, that guy wasn't very impressive. Yeah. But yeah, Paris Johnson. You talk about just. I think you have the ability to have him start early on. You might get some hiccups early on with him because of his ability. You know, he's a little bit more of a two hand puncher. But you talk about his ceiling and what he could be. And the fact his floor is not as low as a guy like Broderick Jones, for me, that's kind of why he's the number two offensive tackle for me. There's just, there's so much to his game that I think is going to translate right, right away, but also it's going to show itself later on, like later in his first contract more, more often. I'm, I'm a big fan of Paris Johnson. Yeah, I, yeah, super high upside. Um, he he's actually my number one tackle because the guy that I think you have at number one, I view as an interior offensive lineman. So we can get him to him a little bit later. Um, you know, six six, three hundred thirteen pounds, thirty six inch arms. I mean, just excellent. The ideal left tackle build for the NFL. Um, extremely athletic man, and all his movements. When I watched him over the summer, he was playing guard for Ohio State. Uh, previously, even though like tackles his most natural position, I could yeah. not believe how excellent his footwork was zone blocking menace. Like this is a guy who will effortlessly cut off the backside of zone runs. Like he is going to provide so many cutback lanes for your running back. Um, he can set the, you know, set the edge. Well, like I, I absolutely love um, all of his movement skills are excellent. Smooth footwork. Um, I think he recovers well. Uh, protects the edge as well the only thing with him is uh i think he needs to get a little bit stronger um i was curious kind of like if he would bench i know bench isn't um you know an incredible um i guess judgment of like offensive line strength all the time especially for a guy like him who has uh crazy long arms but i think he needs to get a little bit stronger his anchor is fine but it's nothing like special so if you're a guy that like just right really prioritizes that skill set or that trait um, you may be a little bit lower on Johnson. I do. I also put here he's a bit too reliant on two hand strikes, um, you know, and that, that's that's something that can come with time. Um, I think in the league, they're going to definitely prioritize that in, independent hand usage. Um, so Johnson's a guy with an incredibly high ceiling. I agree that like maybe he doesn't offer the day one type of refinement or te- like technical refinement that a guy like maybe Darnell Wright would. Um, but you know, all the tools are there for him to be an excellent left tackle in the league. Um, you know, I definitely see him, you know, as a top 10 to 12 player in this class, I'd have to go look and see like where I had him last when I did like my big board, but, um, excellent player, really like his game. Um, you know, like you said, it was really late in the season. Like there was some little bit of blemishes that kind of popped up, um, in those last couple of games, but overall I thought he had an incredible uh, season and he's a really young guy too. Right. And he only yes. 21. So yeah, I believe so. Yeah. This, this taco class, that's like what's kind of unique aside from right. You know, you got Harrison Jones um, and Johnson. They're all like really young pups. So I think that's um, for me, like early on in the process, like during the season, I was like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm seeing like the same round one caliber tape with some of these guys, 
But then, you know, when I was kind of digging into their ages a little bit too, I'm like, man, some of these dudes are just pups, man. Wait, we, I, you got to give them a little bit more time. So, um, yeah. overall, the Tiger class, um, really impressive. We'll kind of jump real quick into the interior offensive line class. Who, who you got at number five for interior offensive line? This one is a tie for me. I am, Correct. I was, I'm very, I'm very, uh, conflicted between ranking these two but uh, i'm gonna say number five for right now is steve avila from tcu very good tape overall like he's just he's probably one of the best pass protectors in this entire class like it's really hard to to move him i think he has better tape at center than he did at guard um in terms of I think a lot of people sleep on his athleticism overall if you go and turn on the tcu tape from 2021 he is being asked to make these hard reach blocks on wide zone, outside zone. And there's just some impressive stuff from him overall. And I think he was a bit better of a run run blocker overall when he's being asked to run inside zone, wide zone. Like, I don't think he's that type of guy who is effective as much on gap scheme runs. He can pull, but he's not like the most powerful or the nastiest guy. I definitely think there are good things with his game overall, mainly with the fact that he's just one of the more scheme versatile players in this in this class, whether it be guard, center, but also just the amount of schemes that you can run with him. Overall, I really like Steve Avila's game. I think he was one of the better offensive linemen at the Senior Bowl, and I thought he's just done nothing but cement himself as one of the top uh, swing guard ta- uh, centers in this uh, class. Yeah, uh, I'm higher on Avila, so I'll get to him a little bit later. Um, you know, my, my number five interior offensive lineman, um, let me see here where my notes, uh, was Joe Tittman. So I, him and my number four guy, like, were, like, neck and neck. I still, like, made changes. Um, but, you know, I was trying to watch them back-to-back yesterday just so I could get a good feel for how I would kind of rank these guys. But uh, 6'6", 313 pounds, 32-inch arms. Um uh, Tim is an awesome athlete, man. Like he's a really unique build, like really tall. Uh, that six six frame is kind of it's kind of wild. It's definitely a unique uh, yeah. style play. But he's a really good athlete who operates and targets well in space. Um, they used him extensively on pools, like pin and pools. He's awesome in that regard, uh, getting him out on the perimeter. Like the way he rolls his hips into blocks, uh, he's a reliable player in terms of passing off games in the pivot. Looks like he made all the calls up front, so that's something that I always like try to check off a box for like center capable prospects. Uh, because especially if you got a young quarterback, um, you know, if you have a rookie quarterback or you got a guy who's like in their first or second year, maybe you don't want to give them all the freedom at the line of scrimmage to make the calls and checks for um, you know, your shifts and stuff up front. And, you know, he's a guy who it looks like made all like the slide calls and everything up front. So I like him as a communicator Um, just in terms of negatives with him. um, I see some catching with his hands. Um, You know, his hands will get a little wide. You know, he's a little little late to the party sometimes uh, with his hand placement. And then just um, as a run blocker, like he's a really good athlete. But I think like he could do a better job just sustaining his blocks. Felt like sometimes guys were able to fall off late um, and get get to the ball carrier with him. But overall, Tim is a guy who I like um, on day two of the draft. It sounds like he's generating a little bit more steam than that here recently, so he may go a little bit higher. But I think with his athletic profile, just the way that he moves on tape, I don't I actually don't have his testing numbers in front of me. Did he test? I, 
I would assume he tested no. well if he did. Oh, okay. No, he hasn't tested yet. Um, he has okay. a personal pro day though, I believe this week, which okay. So we should get numbers on him soon. Yeah, which, I would think that he's going to test pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like the I think he offers a good amount of upside. Um, he's a pretty solid player. So. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it about Tipman. I'm actually a little higher on him overall, so I'll I'll get to my thoughts a little later. My number four offensive uh, interior offensive lineman is uh, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. I, If you're talking about one of the highest floor players in this class, John Michael Schmitz is one of the highest floor guys. Former wrestler, he plays like it, just awesome hand usage, just really good leverage. The thing I like about him is while he is not like the most amazing athlete, he has really good technique to be able to execute these difficult reach blocks. It's not always athleticism that you're seeing with him. Like he is really good on the move. Like if you ask him to pin and pull, he will absolutely blow some guys up and just destroy them. He did that on some screens, especially in the, at the senior bowl in terms of the senior bowl though, like, there were very few players who were better than John Michael Schmitz. He was mm-hmm. down. He down. really helped himself at the senior bowl. Yeah, he was down. Like it was almost better than his actual tape, which is kind of crazy to think about. I think his tape is really good too. Uh, like big thing with me with John Michael Schmitz, I think he's got enough scheme versatility to the point that I don't think you have to worry too much about him. Uh, he's not exactly a high ceiling player. You're, 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 you're getting what you, what you see with him. He makes a lot of the calls. Like he's one of the smartest players. Um, literally you could just go on and look up his name and Jim Maggie is just constantly singing his praise about how smart of a player and how good of a leader he is. Like there's just so many good things about John Michael Schmitz. Definitely someone that you want in your on your football team especially if you're looking for a high floor player yeah yeah i agree with schmitz he's actually my number four player as well so um we we view him similarly um i think the thing with schmitz versus titman i think schmitz again offers a higher floor i think titman offers a higher ceiling that's kind of the way that i would probably uh give those guys out but you know six four 320 pounds um i like his anchor ability and pass pro i thought that, that was uh maybe one of the more underrated parts of his game just in the games i watched um really good in his own blocking scheme like he executes cutoffs at reach blocks with ease really get hand placement on those too um pretty solid lateral mover i wouldn't obviously i'll get to some of his athletic deficiencies but i think he's a solid athletic uh mover like in his own blocking scheme offering some scheme versatility uh, he's a finisher uh picks up stunts and games well in pass pro uh i think he's got clean footwork um in both phases of the game as a run blocker and pass protector um another guy kind of noted makes the calls up front for for their offense so like that a lot as well um I think he plays a little bit too high at pad level. Um, he can be a bit top heavy. Um, and then, like you said, I think that he's just a average to below average athlete for the position. So he's someone who's going to uh, win with like savvy and technicality more so than just like blowing guys away with like size, strength or athleticism so i've seen a lot of creed humphrey comps for him and they just don't it's just, they just not not it n- nope <laughs> creed creed like i think people um 
like Creed was a guy too that was like weird because it felt like people were saying that like he wasn't a special athlete on tape and then he went out and tested like all time freaky. Um, but no, nah, Creed Creed a completely different athlete. Yeah, than Michael Smith, and I think he's a, he's a starting caliber player. Um, I think Pro Football Focus, if I remember correctly, they had his comp as uh, Ben Jones, and like yeah. that that I think was a that I think was a really good comp for him just because. Uh- I think like Ben Jones has been a guy who's been probably like a a top ten to twelve center for like a long time. Like he's not ever going to be like a guy that's going to make like an All Pro team or going to yeah. be like the foundation of your offensive line. But I think he's a solid starter. Um, so on day two of the draft, I'm all over this. I think um, I know I've seen a lot of mock drafts recently having the Giants take a center at twenty five or wherever they pick. Um, I get the need aspect of that for the Giants, but I don't think the value for Tittman or Michael Schmitz is there. Just that's just my opinion. But um, yeah. Um, so you mentioned a comp, Ben Jones. Uh, there was another really good one I saw, and it was when I was going through the uh, through uh, Kentley Platts um, RES uh, relative athletic score machine, mm-hmm. and uh, it spit out John Sullivan, who was a very long time was a long time starter for the Minnesota Vikings. I see that. Yeah, definitely. That I, that that was one I was just like, you know, he, he had one first team All Pro in 2012, like just really solid player, just guy you're just going to be able to rely on for so many years. I definitely see it with John Michael Schmitz in that comp. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, all right. So who you who you got it? Well, you got number four. No, I'm number three. Right number now. three. Okay. So number three for me, I have Joe Tipman, and this was one of my first. This was one of my first watches of the entire. Tr- pre-draft process you were early on him yeah i i really and i really enjoy his tape because for a guy as tall as he is he just has such good leverage i don't know how he does it (laughs) i think like he's just really he has really good bend he just really he's able to like just torque guys out of the way like he's just an impressively strong athlete and you watch him on pin and pull Good lord, get out of the freaking way! You're gonna get ran over because Joe Tipman can absolutely steamroll in the pin and pull. Like Wisconsin asked him to just pull constantly, and it was just, it was some of the most fun watching tape by far in this entire pre-draft process. You see him get to the second level, and he will just absolutely just plant linebackers on their ass. It's it's really pleasant to watch. But you said the main thing with him was a you know was his hand usage a little bit and i i definitely agree i think john michael schmitz was a lot more polished in that regard i think joe Tittman's a little lacking there i do think his um there was a really good video from brandon thorne where he's breaking down tape with joe Tittman, and he was talking and they were talking about you know reaching the landmark um when you're climbing to the second level he doesn't always take the most consistent angles, and I do think that, and he critiqued that a lot, and I think that's something you know definitely to look for because I did think he would get to the second level, and then he would just kind of like he he would miss his landmark, and he yeah. wouldn't be able to keep the hand hands on guys, and that's what would keep you know keep him from like getting that that consistent like push out of the way, guys slipping off of him. Overall, just unbelievable athlete. One one more thing I want to mention: there are there are times where he faced a lot of stunts and creepers, and while he does not have the best like foot speed to be able to pick it up, I thought he was able to compensate it both with his length 
and his power just absolutely torquing guys out of the way. Like his torque is crazy. Just being able to get guys out of the way. Like you just talk about the movement he's able to create. I, for that reason, I just think with his athleticism, also his amazing mullet, let's, we have to talk about that. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta gotta love a good hair when it comes to, comes to a center, you know, that personality. Yep. You know, you talk about the athleticism. I, th- I think there's just a really high upside player, and I think he has enough of a floor that I feel comfortable keeping him as my number three interior offensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a fun player to watch. Like I said, very unique uh, kind of build for a center. So um, getting to my number three player, it is Osiris Torrance from Florida. So he was a transfer from Louisiana Lafayette. Um, really good player there. Um Something I noted about Torrance, too, like over the course of his career, um, zero sacks allowed. Um, that's that's just one of the best stats that I've, I could find, really, of anybody. As For a guy that's played as much as he has, moved to the SEC and maintained that high level of play. Um, as a run blocker, generates consistent displacement on inside zone and gap run, run block schemes. Um, this is a dude that if he gets his hands on you, you are going backwards. Uh, just creates a ton of push in the run game. Uh, I think he has like 11 inch hands or some, something crazy like that. Like just literally bear claws uh, for Miz. Um, good anchoring ability to absorb power, redirect force up. Uh, one thing I like about him too is like he very rarely gets like overextended. Like constantly plays a good base, uh, constantly plays within himself. He's a finisher. Um, just a tone setter up front, man. This dude's a powerful human being. Um, you know, his tape is just like he dictates the matchup. And I really like that about him. Um, I also think that he identifies and picks up blitzes uh, really well, stunts and games. He's constantly doing a good job. You can see him work through targets very quickly um, up front. So I like that. Um in terms of like weaknesses, um, <laughs> I think it's change direction ability and overall agility is kind of like middling. Uh, but Very that's bad be, three cone. Drill. Yeah, <laughs> that's to be expected though when you're 6'5, 330 pounds. Like he's a yeah. bigger guard. Um, so not too big of a deal. You just have to know what you're get, getting. You know, his range as a run blocker is just average. Um, he's definitely best suited for like inside zone gap schemes. Um, and then my only other like critique really that I could find for him was Jalen Carter. Like, uh, I didn't see like when I watched him um early in the season because I heard his name come up on uh I think in the offseason on the athletics draft show. And uh so I went to go try to find his tape, watch some like YouTube stuff, and I was like, this dude is just too much. He he's <laughs> a lot better than the guys he's playing against. This is not this is nothing new. So then like the first month of the season, I was watching a lot of Anthony Richardson. I kept my eyes just kept going to him, going to him. And I'm like, dude, he's doing the same thing to these dudes. Um, but, you know, he finally did meet somebody that could match his physicality and power. And I thought that Carter gave him some issues, um, you know, like I said, I got to mention the matchups, both good and bad. Carter's definitely, you know, like we've talked about, I think already, like I view t- Carter as the most talented player in the entire class. So it's not Same. like a huge knock on Torrance that I thought Carter got the better of him. But, uh, you know, it is notable. You know, he's going to see guys like Jalen Carter at the next level. Um, you know, he's not a one one He's going to see guys like that. So competition, you know, um, throughout his career wasn't always the greatest. I thought that he did a really good job adjusting to the SEC this year, but, you know, did he did lose that matchup with Jalen Carter. So, 
Yeah, and you talk about Osiris Torrance. Uh, there's this, there's a Steelers connection there. You know, former Raging Cajun with Kevin Dotson. They've had, they've shown a lot of interest in him. They like these big maulers. You know, definitely definitely someone that would make a lot of sense for them. And you know, you talk about just his ability, just absolutely just 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 blow the guys off contact. Like it's it's crazy how much push he gets in the run game. Just overall, big thing for me. He's my number two guy. I'm going to keep this kind of brief. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about a weakness. Um, at the Senior Bowl, I didn't really see him struggle all that much, except when he went up against Jalen Redmond, who's a little bit more of a quick, twitchy like mm-hmm. af- athlete. I could see him struggling a little more with those types of athletes because you know he relies on his hands. When he you know, when he gets his hands on you, you know, it's over. You mentioned the 11 inch hands; they they they, they align. And you know he's a little bit longer of a of an of a guard too. You know he's more. Like, I like 30. that too. You, yeah. He uses that really well to his advantage. I feel like a pass pro, especially. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you talk about just that overall, like that ability. Just once you get your hands on him, you know it's over. Overall, like Torrance, just I think he's just going to be a really good player. He's going to set the tone for your offensive line. My number two interior offensive offensive lineman. Like, I can't really add too much more than what you already added. Yeah, so I'm going to get to my number two guy. This is a guy that uh, I honestly, I watched him from afar this past season. I was familiar. I've been familiar with him for a long time, but didn't really get to like study him until probably three or four weeks ago. Um, and it's Steve Avila from TCU. I yeah. love this dude's tape. Like, I, I think his tape's phenomenal. You mentioned that you thought his center tape was better than his guard tape. Um, maybe I need to go back and watch the center tape a little bit more than I did because I thought his guard tape was really, really good. Um, 6'4", 334 pounds, so another huge dude, 33-inch arms. Um, tons of experience, versatility. You mentioned, you know, you know that experience playing center, so I like that. I think he's played like four offensive line spots. I think he's played everything except left tackle in college at least one game. So you love you love that type of versatility on your O line. Uh, he's a team captain. Love his frame, physical with play strength. Uh, he's a straight up mover in the run game. Like gap schemes inside zone, excellent. Um, he sets a very firm pocket in pass pro, which I really appreciate. Um, someone brought up a good point on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but I wanted to give them credit for this. Um, you know. Having guards like Avila who set a really firm pocket and, you know, have aggressive sets or, you know, don't give up any type of ground and pass pro off the snap is really an advantageous thing to have if you have a young quarterback, especially who's shorter, because, you know, you don't want, you know, those guys are going to sink a little bit deeper in the pocket. Yeah. So I really like that point. That's something that um, I feel like I've always kind of known but like I thought that the way they articulated that point, especially with Avila, makes a lot of sense. So that would make a lot of sense for the Eagles too. Like if yeah. with Jalen Hurts, if like he that, sinks in the pocket. You think of yeah. uh like I think I think they were using the phrase uh like Bryce Young. Like if the Texans went, you know, young, whoever else at twelve and then picked up Avila in round two, because like Young's a guy who like he really likes like sometimes young will sink 11 yards in the pocket, which is not realistic in the NFL. But like if you're going to have a guy like that that sinks, like you want that guy to set a firm pocket. So really like that um, with Avila. Love his hand placement like he resets his hands with ease like he has the quickest like trigger in his head to where like, oh, my hands are you know in the wrong place. My hands are too wide. I need to refit my hands underneath. 
excellent ability there. I think he has good anchor ability. He flashes like independent hand usage, so he's not a two-hand striker like a lot of these guys in the class are. Um, I've seen people say his processing skills on blitzes were a weakness. Um, I've seen that on Twitter, and I just I didn't see that in the games that I watched. I watched him against Georgia. You know, Georgia's a game that I always like to watch against uh, for offensive linemen because they run a lot of stunts and games up front. So it's good to see like how quickly they can process information. Avila was excellent. His best two games of the season, Michigan, Michigan and Georgia. So like that to me, you think about like Mozzie Smith, Jalen Carter, not saying he dominated those guys, but like he more than held his own. And like both those guys are extremely talented, going to be good pros um, in terms of weaknesses change of direction skills are like kind of just average. Um, he might be a little scheme dependent just as a blocker. Um, you know, if you want to run like a wide zone scheme, outside zone, I don't know if he's the best fit there. Um, I think that he can do it. I don't have, um, he's not somebody like I would like take off my board or anything like that. If that's what my specialty was in. Uh, but I don't know that that's his strength right now, even though I think, you know, like I said, he could do it. Um, if you want to be versatile up front. So I really like Vila. He's a definitely guy that I feel like I'm higher on than the consensus. He was a guy that I kind of preliminarily placed like a late first, early second round type of grade. Uh, he's a top 32 player for me. So it seems like I'm going to be higher than him on than most. So I really like Avila. Like, I, like when I was going through the 21 film, like I'm telling you, if you, if you go back and watch it, they're running a lot more wide. They were running more wide zone and outside zone with Avila at center than they were with uh, Alan Ali at center. Right. Overall, like the thing with me with Avila, if someone wanted to argue this to me, I would not, I, I would not, I would not go against it. If someone said they had Avila over Osiris Torrance because they thought he was more scheme versatile, I would complete. I would completely understand that. I I definitely get that completely with Avila's game. Yeah, no, he's he's a good player, man. I I he's definitely a guy. You know, um, uh, he's a little bit of a flag plant for me. I like him a lot. Um, he's a good player. Um, I'll let you talk about this dude since he was your number one player at pretty much every position. Maybe your number one player in the entire draft. I'll let you kind of kind of hit it off with him. <laughs> Uh, so not quite whatever one overall player the the entire class, but uh, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, you know, stepped in from the moment Rashawn Slater left Northwestern, and he has just been outstanding at his position. He just has ready-made hand usage, precise placement. It makes up for his arm length because, you know, you talk about guys like who don't have the ability to you know, get into your chest immediately. Like if they get into your chest, it's uh, it's over. So Skaronsky has to constantly be on point with his hand usage. And you just see him constantly take, you know, he's, he's the first to win with his hands. And we talk about his, I don't think we talk enough about his athleticism, uh, his athleticism oh, yeah. either. Like he is explosive out of his sets. He will get downhill. Like he, he is a guy you can ask him to pull if someone said they have him as their number one offensive tackle, I get it. He's got just really good film overall. He's, he's got great, you know, he has the ready-made hand usage. He can fit just about any scheme. You want him to run wide zone inside zone gap scheme. You can, he can do it. He absolutely can. And he's a ready-made pass protector. You might not get the highest ceiling with him though. And maybe that's why you looked for him as an offensive guard or a center. I've, I've seen some some buzz about you know him about some teams wanting to move him to center over guard, and I this is specifically with me with the Steelers, but 
if he fell to 17, him as a center would just be unbelievable for them because they need a guy who can just be able to run all all types of like you know wide zone out inside zone gap scheme like he can do it all and he's just he's got really good ability to recover when he's beaten like when guys immediately beat him with power he's able to re you know get his feet down and anchor and anchor those power rushes like skaronsky is just ready made like he's a zach martin type of type of player and i also saw another comp you know joe thuny from the chiefs i believe brandon thorne has that as mm-hmm. his comps and I definitely see that one as well. You know, just a really good player. He's just, he's going to start for a long time and he might be an all pro in the interior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my notes, like you pretty much already have it, you know, one of the best players in the draft, you know, tackle versatility. I, I do think he could play all five spots. I think he plays with good pad level, gets out of his stance quickly, really good mover, underrated athlete. Um, Love the base he plays with. I think he's a monster on double teams. This is one of the biggest things for me, like when I was watching his tape, um, like in like late November, I think is when I watched him. Um, didn't really need feel the need to watch very much more. <laughs> felt like he's an easy projection to the next level. But yeah. uh, every time he was getting uh, double teams, man, it was like whoever the defensive line was, was just getting shifted an entire gap over and I, I just I think he's a monster um mixes up his pass sets well climbs the second level as a run blocker um the only negatives I have you know the lack of length is always going to be there like he already adjusts to it extremely well it is going to be harder to do at the next level because he's not gonna be able to establish that first significant contact um he has good hand timing it's just like he just can't get as far with him. So guys can get into his chest, but he does a good job anchoring and recovering to where it's not really that big of a deal. And he can kind of mitigate that lack of length. Um, the People only guy at the Lucas Van Ness uh, clip, yeah. where he just like absolutely bulled it. That was like in the 21 film too. like yeah. 22. He absolutely gets him back in that game. Yeah. Well, you, you know, we got to we only have two Lucas Van Ness highlights. So we got to show <laughs> we on, on Twitter. Um, anyway, um, no, the only the only guy that I saw like really give him for real problems uh, that I remember, at least in the games I watched, was I thought Ojabo gave him a little bit of issues with speed. Um, Ojabo was a really unique player because uh, you know he can bend, he has a lot of length, um, and he can also win the corner. So um, other than Ojabo, like there really wasn't any guy that I was like, yeah, this dude's giving him any type of issues. Like he was pretty dominating throughout uh, his tape over the last two years. So uh, really like Skaronski. Um, one of the best players in the class. He, he'll probably end up being a top play, five player overall for me on my big board. Um, like you said, I think Zach Martin, I think that's the type of guard he can be. I do think that he can play tackle. It's just um, for me, the ceiling as a tackle isn't as high as it is um, as a guard. And I just, I think, you know, having that versatility is nice, you know, to where I think like, you know, your left tackle gets. Pinch. Yeah, your left tackle gets hurt in a playoff game. And instead of bring, you know, because we don't have 32 starting caliber tackles. Like, we just no. don't. Like, there's not 32 uh, starting caliber tackles in the league. So, if you're, you know, AFC Championship game and, you know, he's playing guard or he's playing center for you and you're going up against, like, a, you know, a Miles Garrett, a Brian Burns, a TJ Watt or somebody like that, and you're like, okay, well, we can't can't let this dude, you know, backup tackle just get abused. You can kick Skaronski out there, put a backup center in, to where you can hide him a little bit more, um, and he can do that for you. So really like him as a player. Um, just 
fantastic tape. I, I don't have, like I said, a lot of weaknesses for him um, in general. Um, I think that pretty much does it for us. You got anything else you want to add? I just want to say um, when he was coming out as a recruit, uh, recruiting sites like 247 Sports, they had him rated as a center. He didn't, he never played center, but you know, you'd look at his body type. Like he's got that oh, type yeah. of body to play center. He's an athlete. Like I just think center might be his best position in the, in the league if he gets to play it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, I think, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. It was a good episode. Um, going over the tackles and the interior offensive linemen. Please make sure um, you know you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Uh, me and Nick will be back next week. We got um, several more positions we got to break down before draft time, man. We're closing in home stretch, less than a month to go till draft weekend. Really excited Potential about mock it. draft coming soon at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a mock draft coming soon for the channel. So uh, appreciate you guys for checking in. We will holler at you guys next week. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace.